0: Hello, everybody. My name's Gabby. I'm Allison.
1: I'm John. I'm
2: Grant. And welcome to Clinical Populations. Populations. Introducing music therapists to new bops and new bops to music therapy. And welcome to our series finale.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. (laughs) So uh, this finale is going to be recorded in two parts. The first part you're about to hear is Songs We Find Significance. Hope you enjoy.
1: Clinical. Uh-huh. Clinical. Yeah. <laughs> Clinical.
0: Population uh-huh. Population. Clinical population. Population. Clinical population. Gabby here. So, my significant song is Resonant Body by Maggie Rogers. I'm a resonant body with knuckles and So that was Resonant Body by Maggie Rogers. Um, I found this song in 2020 um, when I was going through a lot of transition. I was starting a new job. We were in the beginning of the pandemic. So I just felt very scattered um, externally and internally. And uh, Maggie Rogers released this album of songs that she had created over the course of her basically songwriting career that she just never released. And um, this song came from one of the first classes she ever took on music production, and she was learning how to use Pro Tools. Um, So so this song came from just a Pro Tools project, basically, in in class, Um, and then she just kept it. um, And then she released it, like, I don't know, maybe like, 10 years later during the pandemic um but you can't really tell by like listening to it it just seems like something super like polished and produced I don't know if they remastered it or anything but I honestly could not tell (laughs) like this was something that Shiri wrote you know 10 years before um it seemed like up to quality with what she's currently releasing um and the reason why i personally liked it is because it it just felt very grounding to me like the do 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 just like the consistent rhythm of it um and then like grounding in my body as well it's like talking about like, her body and all the different parts and like what they do and like how they produce sound. And then like the there's a part where it's, you know, release my dissonant tones. And, you know, I said I was feeling very scattered. And, and I guess dissonant is also how I could compare it as well. So yeah, I I listened to that on a lot of drives to my new job. And um honestly today I still listen to it whenever I'm feeling, you know, just all over the place and not grounded. And I find it super soothing.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so funny you say grounding pattern. Cause I have the notes that I took when I was listening to it. And I, the first thing I said was Great <laughs> grounding pattern and <laughs> and reminder of presence. So that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful song.
1: Yeah. I used the word like, or centering is like the word that came to mind, but kind of the same idea. Um, very dreamy sound, too. Like, as it goes through, I love the ooze at the end and the harmonies there. Oh, um, yeah.
0: The, uh. Yeah. That one? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Very nice. It's interesting because I think about, maybe, maybe it's metaphorical. I don't know. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but the idea of, how being human is an inherently musical experience. And then Mm. the way in which like all the lyrics really just describe the body as an instrument in so many different ways, Um, which I think also kind of relates to the potential for catharsis, especially as you're talking about like your resonation, like why you resonate with the song, right? Um, And the ways in which hearing this really um, capture just that unsettled time of transition but also at the same time the way in which it can be grounding so like hearing your reasoning behind picking the song and also listening to the song kind of putting it together like that like the overlay (laughs) um i'm using my hands a lot to describe this which you all can't like visually like <laughs> receiving okay, that information describe it?
1: grant
0: is taking one hand and he's yes. swiping it you know across the screen yes. and he has his other hand on top of it i know
3: um, yeah and just placing on top <laughs> swapping it the yes. other way yes and now i'm putting them together on top of each other because like like
2: the awkward yes like it looks line. like
3: the awkward <laughs> turtle um because i think that's kind of what it is like you know your description is one hand and then the song itself is the other hand when you put them together it really does like, it creates a really clear narrative, Mm -hmm. and it makes a lot of sense. And I feel like that's something I really appreciate about the song and like the way in which also just the connection that you also have with it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah. I um, also really enjoyed the different effects she put in it to further emphasize um, the resonance. So like, there's some parts where there's like echo, right, and like, um Mm -hmm. just the layering as well you know it's like the um it's like you know the layers of like skin you know or like the layers like in your body or just in your life too it's just i thought it was a very good representation of the body and comparing it in music so that's my song (laughs) thanks for listening to it guys
1: Thanks for sharing. All right. Well, this is John, and our next song that we're going to listen to, the one that I find uh, significant, is Pompeii by Bastille. But if you close
3: your eyes, does it
0: almost feel like nothing changed at all?
1: that was Pompeii by Bastille um, and I chose the song um I've really enjoyed it since it came out um, not really paying as much attention to the lyrics like initially just it was a bop and really enjoyed it um, but then I was sitting down with my intern and we were kind of going through some different songs from like, this time period, like the year that this came out and this one popped up. So we played through it and I just started thinking about, um, really getting into the lyrics about it. And so, uh, I went to the artist and there's an interview that they did on this song that talks about it. it is written from the perspective. So it's about Pompeii, obviously. Um, and when that happened, it was just like instant, Burst of heat and so like people just turn to stone like all of us like instantaneously and so it's uh there are pictures in this textbook that they were looking through and so he wrote this song from the perspective of these two stone people talking to each other after this has happened huh. um which i was like wow and i think that my problems are rough like <laughs> we really put it in perspective of pompeii like Wow. And they're sitting there asking each other, like, okay, if you close your eyes, did anything really change? Mm -hmm. Like, can we still like stay how we were? Um, you feel like you've been here before. How are we going to be optimists about this? You know, this was crappy situation. And so in the midst of pandemic and different life events, um, things like, you know, diagnoses that change, you know, potentially the course of your life or, um, you know, starting a job, a new job, or you know, different things like that. Um uh, that can be chaotic or um overwhelming. You know, how are you mm-hmm. gonna be an optimist about that? Um yeah. Yeah.
0: I did not know about the two stone people. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It really adds a whole nother layer yeah. of layer to the song. A whole
2: nother layer. Um, when you think about the song itself, I remember when this came out. Just, you're right, it's a bop. Just singing, learning the words, and singing ay, along ay, to ay it. Yeah, close your eyes. Yeah, and just like jam into it. it's this you know summer song. And yeah, when you when this was shared as a significant song, I went and and read the lyrics and was like, oh my gosh, this is uh, this is just about really navigating life's challenges and what an interesting way to convey that <laughs> in such a, mm-hmm. a fun, lighthearted way. Um, I don't know, it's just a reminder of how we can um, use music to change things around and reframe our thoughts and reframe our perspective. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: No, it's funny, because as you were describing it, John, the image that came to my mind was that meme with the dog in that coffee shop where it's all on fire. Like, this is yep. fine. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, I know we're not trying to live like super deep into like some of the therapeutic applications for it, but I immediately thought about how this could be a really great way to call out or identify like instances of toxic positivity, also, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, you're being turned to stone Definitely. and like essentially being burned <laughs> alive. You don't have to be optimistic when it's that terrible. Right. Like, you you know do I mean? like, have some with yeah, you know, like, like, so, yeah. this. Like, yeah, and I think it's one of the things where you can really have those moments of like, okay, does this warrant optimism? Can I just be upset mm-hmm. that it sucks? Like, and I think, um, which reminds me so much of that lovely dog meme uh, that (laughs) for some odd reason continues to remain relevant (laughs) yeah that
0: meme came out I don't even know
3: it's been a while because I remember we were I remember posting it like do something about uh, trying to understand I don't remember what it was as an adult in like 2015 2016 so the fact that we're still talking about it um Mm -hmm. five to six years later yes stood the test of time
0: <laughs> you know that's <laughs> how you know it's a good name yeah
3: right. <laughs> it's like, well has, done has it stood the test of time for the right reasons um who knows but yeah no i just think that um yeah that's probably a really interesting way also to kind of present some of these things too like i know we're talking about like our personal um connections mm-hmm. with it but as soon as you said it, i was like oh, idea conversation topics <laughs> um things to discuss further and dive into so yeah definitely
0: kind of going along with that like all the imagery in the lyrics could be you know a prompt for just like this yeah further you know just further ways to describe you know what you're going through as well Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be a song rewrite or anything but you know it's saying like you know, it's saying like gray clouds roll over the hills, you know, that's like super, like you can envision that. Right. So it's like, okay, what is whatever, you know, you're going through look like. Mm, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or feel like even.
1: Yeah. Yeah. -hmm. Yeah. I think the song to me is about just, you know, getting through and like progress um, and maybe Great. I have also struggled with, like, do we always have to be an optimist about everything? Because, like, that's my go-to. Like, we're just, it's fine. It's fine. But, you know, there are times to, like, you know, just sit in the...
0: Muck. ...bad
1: of something. Yeah. Um, But I do like the bridge, because it's like, where do we begin? The rubble of our sins. And I don't, Mm. you know, I don't think it really matters. I think it's just, you know, taking a first step, taking action, moving through this and not sitting in it. Uh, And staying in this, you know, uh, Mm. the darkness, you know, from these great clouds that have, you know, like all of this kind of negativity. So, Mm. yeah, it kind of does come back to like this um, uh, positive kind of message to me. And it that matches the sound of the song that I still get kind of bought, you know, (laughs) still can jam out to (laughs) it uh, (laughs) because it's not like this, you know tragic song about Pompeii but
3: (laughs) you know know, yeah yeah. and I'll say like also again my thoughts just continue to race uh, the more we talk about it but it's funny also kind of when you're talking about the bridge um, you know and when it goes into like the final part um, before like I guess like the last penultimate chorus part. Um, but essentially it's like if you close your eyes, it almost feel like nothing changed at all. And then you also realize how repetitive the music is <laughs> throughout the entirety of the song mm-hmm. part. So, <laughs> nothing um, changes at yeah, all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's also another thing too, with also that metaphor of like Wow, yeah, you know, trying to understand, like, oh, is it so like because sometimes, like, in those moments, they feel like huge things. I think about being a teenager in high school where everything felt like it was the ray of the world. And now, like, right. nearing <laughs> uh, further adulthood, um, just, like, how not that big of a deal they were. And it's like, oh, yeah, truly, like, really nothing really changed from that moment. Like, it can mm-hmm. feel like a lot in those moments, too. And I think that's another mm-hmm. interesting way to, one, musically that it kind of showcases that, but also, too, like, the metaphors that we've been talking about and just in the song itself also showcased with it. So yeah. yeah. Thanks for the throwback. Yeah. I didn't think about the song as oh, much yeah. like at all. But yeah. Thank y'all for listening. You're welcome.
2: So this is Allison, and we're gonna listen to Sweet Nothing by Taylor Swift from her album Midnight's. They said the end is coming. Everyone's up to something. I found myself a- running onto your sweet nothings Outside they push and shove in. You're in the kitchen homing All that you ever wanted from me was sweet nothing So that was Sweet Nothing. Um, and I know this is a pretty recent song, so it's kind of weird to talk about it in the context of significance, but I was trying to think of a song, and of course I had to pick taylor swift because <laughs> huge swifty here and <laughs> on, brand. It's on, on brand, brand yes and all of her albums have had a, uh, an interesting significance in periods of my life and so i was looking through some old albums and um nothing was really hitting the the way that this song was and i think it just goes to show um kind of like the growth that I've made this year in thinking about relationships and um and not just like a romantic relationship which is what this song's about and which I I do really um find comfort in and identify with but just in that uh feeling safety in certain relationships um and the the comfort that comes from one that um you feel like you can be vulnerable even when life gets really really hard um, and just kind of reflecting on where those relationships are in my life and who they're with um but i think the things that stand out to me in this song is um it's very simple it has just this like repeated uh Melodic phrase that makes me think of like a little toy piano, so it makes me think of like feeling safe, at like even your inner child feeling safe and comforted and mm-hmm. um, that in the context of this relationship, which in my personal experience is with my now fiance. Um, you know, when everyone else has expectations of me, or at least I may sometimes view them that way, that he doesn't and that when I come home, like it's just this safe space where I can be vulnerable and I can share the things that are overwhelming or that I feel like I'm not enough for um, and that I know like that's enough. Like me being me and just showing up in whatever context that may look like that day, that's enough. And I think that's a kind of relationship I've always wanted in my life and always not romantically necessarily, but just wanted overall. And to have that is um, really beautiful and, and very meaningful. So um, I think the line that really gets me at the end in the bridge is um, the voices that implore, you should be doing more to you. I can admit that I'm just too soft for all of it. And so you can have that vulnerability um in a relationship that feels safe so I love it it's a beautiful song
1: it really is I have not listened to Midnight's uh, I'm the, probably the only person in the world who has <laughs> not listened yet um but I really enjoyed this song uh, and it was just a sweet like it made me reflect on my relationships um and then when you were talking I was also thinking about like not just my romantic relationships but like the vulnerability that I have with my mom is different than like the vulnerability I have with my wife that's different than the vulnerability I have like with my best friends. So there are different relationships that like can meet your needs in different ways and be that person for you, um, or you can be safe, um, kind of be yourself with them.
0: One thing I noticed when I was listening, I have listened to Midnight's just once though. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, one up me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the production of it, um, there's like little musical like excerpts in it that kind of reinforce the the smallness mm-hmm. of like the sweet nothings um so there's like little vocal interjections or this little like trumpet like loo, 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 like yeah. and then it like fades out you know um which I thought was cool and I was like did Bonnie Fair produce this because this sounds like just the, the type of stuff he was using or whoever was producing it was using um uh sounded like that and then I looked at the credits and it was um Jack, Jack Antonoff. Antonoff Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, he was also known as bleachers. Um, so I was like, Oh, okay. I (laughs) can see that. you know, like his little, um, mark on it. Um, and also that relationship. So I, I watch a little bit of a documentary that Taylor put on Netflix and it had Jack Antonoff in it. And it's just so interesting to see that relationship, um, and how that's grown and like, mm-hmm. you know, they're both musicians separately, but like the way he supported her musically and like been able to put himself in that musical yeah. relationship, but also just allowing her to just thrive yeah. has been like super cool.
2: Yeah, it's really cool to hear the growth in their music over the last, what, f- six years? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love it. And this one, just kind of speaking of fun little musical tricks, they do something with her voice um, in the very beginning. So the first verse is reflecting on a memory. And then when it comes into the chorus, um, if you listen really closely, her voice becomes richer and warmer. Um, so that's that was mm-hmm. kind of a fun little thing I heard um, the last time I listened to it. So it's fun. You just kind of keep digging and find new new things that they put in there
1: what taylor swift has easter eggs
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes she
1: does i cannot believe because she
2: hid things in her music <laughs> she's a mastermind
3: oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my gosh. That... <laughs> i don't know why but that completely just like took me somewhere different i was like wait wasn't there was, doesn't she have like an easter themed like, music video is it like you need to calm <laughs> yeah, down yeah yeah, yeah. Like um, the, Something the, like that? um yeah
0: which one is it it's the one where
3: wait, you let's wait, say so you need to calm down right is that the song yeah yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah. yeah i was like which i also fully have not i can't i don't remember the last time i even saw a part of that music video but I just remember it being very pastel and very I was like Is this yeah this Easter? Yeah. So, that whole um, album thanks. was
0: yes. <laughs> yes this whole <laughs> album and Easter so, uh, <laughs> yeah.
3: Thanks for that other tangent that was now connected. Granted it was related and very closely related so I feel like that's a win for this conversation um, I will say too um, the idea of a relationship where the only expectations are sweet nothings in that sense what I find kind of freeing in that element um is just the fact that there is no transaction, which I think is also really difficult. <laughs> like even in you know, we were just talking about uh, the relationship like check it and off and like that's a business relationship right. um to a certain or professional relationship to a certain degree. And I think about even the four of us right now talking on the Zoom call. Right? Like we have friendship. We also have a professional like connection and like there's ways in which different re- different types of relationships that you have with the same people also can have those various spaces mm-hmm. so it's like w- how do you navigate so to me when I hear the song I think about like what does it mean to navigate with somebody where you may have like multiple relationships like maybe mm-hmm. even more than dual relationships um but quadruple yes. <laughs> I know right yes. quintuple yes. who knows um <laughs> but what does that mean to have a relationship where at the core of it it's not necessarily transactional but it's just being able to be in space with each other and to just experience one another um, to where you can have those moments to where like, let's say, hypothetically speaking, um, Gabby and I are working on a project and like there are deadlines or something like that, they're that coming up with it and just know that there is pressure in that aspect. But like at the core of our friendship, that may not be the thing that's at its forefront. So right. like, being able to navigate both of those and like, sometimes what it, like i just think about like, what does that mean to have like multiple relationships with like a person and like you may have this type of relationship that she's singing yeah. about so mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah well thank you for for listening i i enjoyed this song and it's nice to share something like that that's special <laughs>
0: yeah it was very sweet but it wasn't nothing
3: <laughs> ah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> wow we still got the puns going strong even in the finale <laughs> huh
0: I have to it's how I keep people entertained
3: <laughs> alright um, it's Grant and the song that I picked is Come On Brother by the band Lawrence but someone told me you could take my sad song and make it If you sing along To the na-na-na So, this song, for some more context, was introduced to me when I was working my very first job. So, like, I was a new professional, still getting my footing and kind of just more open to exploring. And I was in the process of trying to become better at explaining the importance of termination. Um, I think it was something that I always um, understood as important, something that I always valued and took really seriously. But I think when you start working professionally, you realize just how quickly people just try to get things wrapped up and move on. And sometimes for the sake of like business practices, it doesn't really give you the chance to really honor a lot of those things, especially for people that I think about in my context, like I was working long-term, like I saw my folks like every day, five days a week. So when, it, so when it came time to like have termination, it was a really meaningful thing, but for the sake of like facility context, sometimes it was just a matter of all funding stops. So like they can't come back, they're going to a new nice place um, and trying to navigate that. Um, and in that process of trying to figure out a better way to explain it, I kept coming across songs almost serendipitously (laughs) that really resonated with uh, my feelings of termination. Uh, And this was one of them. And it kind of became a staple, almost, um, in my practice at that center at the time. Um, So whenever we had somebody that was leaving, this would be a song that we would do together. Um, And I remember my last day working at that site, I sang the song to everybody, which was like a really full circle moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's been just very much present in my life for a couple of years now. Um, So like when I think about like significant songs, I had to ask for a little bit of clarity because I was struggling to make a choice. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And when it was clinical significance, uh, I was like, okay, well, I think I have one. And then it also has personal significance. And now it's, is being shared here in like a very similar context, so yeah, that's kind of how I came to the song and just a little bit of what it's meant to me and my journey.
0: I'm. Um, um, we are, we are wrapping up the semester, and um, one of the courses that I'm. Co-teaching is our practicum course. So basically, you know, how do you do this? <laughs> um, how do you do music therapy? And so by the end of the semester, like that's like an automatic termination stop, right? Um so kind of remembering what that's like because Uh, my my past experience has either been in acute where they're gone the next day or in just long-term care where you see them forever and ever like I termination has been very like kind of the last thing on my on my mind because I didn't really have to work through that unless someone was like passing away um and so I I think this is like a great way to like have a discussion on what's happening when termination for treatment is happening um and like you know what does it feel like what do we tell people when we're terminating what um what is okay to say like what and then also like what can't you guarantee you know um yeah
2: I really liked this song, and it made me think of um, you know some some changes that are happening in my business and in my life, and um, yeah, just kind of the cycle of things. It, beginnings and endings are always happening, and I guess it just depends on the significance and the priority that you you place on them, um, how big of an effect it has on you. but yeah
1: yeah this this song was um, very tender and kind of raw when I was listening to it. Um, but the line that like really caught me was um, kind of the last verse, I guess, because uh, you know, brother, as much as it is true that this song is for you, is, it's also for me. Um, and so I do think about that in, um, like as a therapist, that as much as there we need to like create the right for the client, Um, There's also like some resolution and and conclusion that we need for ourselves as well. Um, And in my practice, it's been more uh, in long-term care, but uh, at end of life. So termination is more at death. So it has been kind of a, um, there is almost a self-care aspect to termination um, in kind of a holistic way.
3: Yeah. And I think, kind of piggyback off of that too, like that, um, like that bridge part has always stuck out to me. Um, Because I think we don't really talk about that a lot in terms of providing comfort for other people, but also just like, the toll it takes on you. And that's not necessarily just solely within therapeutic context, too. Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, if you have younger siblings, if you have other loved ones you care about, we get the same thing where it's like, yeah, I'm going to go do this thing and I will not be as readily present as I have been. Mm-hmm, right. And there's a change coming. Um, and yes, I get that you're sad and upset, but also at the same time, I don't know what's gonna happen. And like, and I yeah. think um too, kind of um, even like for me in a clinical context, right? Sometimes when somebody leaves so abruptly and like especially if you've been working with them for a really long time, like you don't know what that continuity of care is going to be if they'll have the same support or like the support needed to like manage that transition so there is that concern too but then also to like in your personal life like oh I'm gonna go (laughs) move across the country which every music therapist is familiar (laughs) with because of internship and their jobs (laughs) 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 I'm gonna leave uh, my entire support and community behind and like just have them there kind of maybe and not in the physical space that I'm gonna be at and there's again that uncertainty that we experience and I feel like it's also like the song reminds me like the importance of being able to self-soothe maybe mm-hmm. and like self-regulate um so yeah it's just it's been like again I-, I would say this has been a relevant song for quite some time in my life almost <laughs> like uh, the dog in the cafe on fire me but uh, <laughs> for, a, a, for a much different reason probably in that sense mm-hmm. so yeah
0: yeah, I mean, like the the verse before it, before the This is a Song for You and Me, um, it says, did it ever cross the mind that deep inside I'm as scared as can no. be? So that kind of um, correlates to what you were just saying, Grant. It's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing either. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> like, that's so scary. Yep. Um, I yeah. think it's really
1: easy to get um, really self-focused on, your perspective of like what you're losing or how it's going to change for you, and not necessarily think about the other person. Uh, so mm-hmm. it is a nice kind of reminder that the decision, as much as it's you know impacting you, is also impacting others, or vice versa. Uh, so yeah, definitely going to save this song.
0: This also this is a good one. Mm-hmm. This also kind of brings to mind. Um... development adolescent developments. um you know like they're you know you're growing up you're making your own choices you're um not as reliant on family um and then young adult also not as reliant on family but you still you still kind of need them mm-hmm. <laughs> right um regard like whatever family looks like for you um and um yeah just like the complexity of like wanting to be independent but also like being scared about growing up you know yeah
3: yeah well i really appreciate you all you all taking a listen to the song and like sharing your thoughts with me so yeah thanks thank
0: you cool well those are our significant songs either personal or clinical (laughs) um (laughs) The next portion of this, we are going to be talking a little bit more about the podcast as a whole and sharing our favorite episodes and discussing them more.